Welcome to the Reinvention Podcast. This is episode 15, We Always Create It Twice. Hi there, I'm your host and reinvention coach, Sari Kimball, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. I have been re-listening or rereading The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, and I know I read it a long time ago, and I'll be honest, I was like, ugh. Seems like a lot of work. It did not resonate with me at the time. And that was probably, that had to be pre-entrepreneurship, pre-coaching, all of that stuff. And for whatever reason, it just spoke to me and I've started listening to it. And it's so good. If you have read it before and it's been a while, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it or read it, put it on your list. It is such a classic. It was uh, originally published, I think, in 89. So definitely has stood the test of time. But he mentioned this concept that I was like, oh, I got to do a podcast about it, about how we create everything twice. And he did get it from somebody else and I'd have to go back and look. So I'm not going to totally credit him. But in any case, there's a concept uh, out there in mindset development about we create everything twice. And this is such a powerful tool. And I'm going to start with the example of a garden, because I think that's just like (laughs) an innocuous, um, non-offensive, nothing's hopefully going to, you know, trigger you (laughs) when you think about planting a garden. So first, what this means is first we create it in our mind and then we actually plant and create the garden. But what most of us do, and I actually have a funny story about a garden, (laughs) is most of us just say, I want a garden. And we kind of, it's like in our mind, but we don't really sit down and think about it. We don't plan it. And we don't envision, go into this activity with the end in mind. So important when you want to create something intentionally. And I do this all the time. This is kind of what we do in reinvention coaching is I really try to help my clients create the end in mind first. And we're kind of terrible at it. It's hard for us um, for our bigger life, which is why taking a simple example like a garden will hopefully help and you can extrapolate from there. But if we actually slowed it down and we said, I want to plant a garden and here at the end of the garden, at the fruitfulness, at the peak of the garden, here is what I want. Here's my vision for it. And so we're going to step back and we're actually going to plan in our minds or on paper, even better, our desired outcomes. So if I want a garden that's going to produce salsa, right, I I want all of the ingredients to make salsa, I'm going to need to plant vegetables that actually are in salsa, right? I'm not going to plant broccoli, I'm going to plant peppers and tomatoes and cilantro and onions, right? So we need to think about what is the end goal? What do I actually want from this garden in this case? And what are my preferences? 
maybe you're allergic to cilantro. Probably not going to plant cilantro. You can still make salsa, right? Or maybe you don't care about salsa at all. You want something completely different. You want lots of greens for your health and to juice or you know, you want tomatoes. I know I actually did start my very first, (laughs) I've never done this, urban gardening. I live in a condo, downtown Denver, eighth floor, and I jerry-rigged these planters to be like almost hanging off of my balcony. I kind of got talked into this at a farmer's market and um, to buy these tomato plants. And they're working. Like, I'm going to get a lot of tomatoes. And I love tomatoes, right? Do you love classic burrata, um, caprese salad, all of that stuff. So in any case, you're going to have your preferences. If you're like my stepbrother and you don't like tomatoes, you're probably not going to plant tomatoes. And also, we want to plant these gardens or we want to plan the garden based on our values as well. And so maybe your values are sustainability and organic and giving back to the earth, right? It's going to be a very different garden than if you're planting for a giant prize-winning zucchini or pumpkin, right? There you might be using different fertilizers and um, growing different, um, different things, of course. And it's going to be like very dependent on you know, where do I actually put the garden based on the the vegetables and the things that I'm growing? When I was a kid, we actually, my dad was a huge gardener and he plant, he like created these three amazing raised beds. I mean, it probably took up at least a quarter, if not a third of our yard. And I just have such fond memories, this is a total tangent, but I do have such fond memories of um, working with him in the garden and seeing the different crops that, that would come up. And he always gave me like, I could choose like one thing that I really wanted to plant. And it was always cucumbers, I think. Um, but I would like tend those cucumbers and really nurture them. The other thing I want to mention here is we don't want to do, we want to be very mindful of people pleasing or kind of keeping up with the Joneses in our planning. And this really helps if we take a minute to say, what is my true vision and what do I really want? Not just like based on preferences, which is one aspect of this, like I'm allergic to such and such, so I'm not going to plant that. But like, let's not plant what everybody else is planting. Let's plant what you want. Just because some person that you admire plants zucchini, but you're like, I don't actually want zucchini. I can get that at the farmer's market or whatever, right? Like being mindful, like are you in any way like wanting to create this vision so that you get validation and approval from others? And maybe in a garden, that's not going to be the case, but it certainly could be. So want what you want. Like, what do you really, really want? I'm going to have another example here that will really illustrate that. So we do the designing. We create it on paper and in our mind first. We get really specific. We like savor in our minds that end goal when we're harvesting all of those amazing plants, those vegetables that we wanted, you know, and we planted months ahead of time. 
And what are you going to you know, do with all of those? And what are you going to feel? And you're going to feel pride and you're going to like really be grateful for the earth and these plants and what they gave you and putting your, you know, you're going to go out and weed and you're going to like put so much of your effort and, and resources into this. And then we get to work. Then we actually go out and start creating what we want and we break it down into tiny steps. But when we have that vision, that end goal in mind, then we're much more aware of when the person at the nursery is like, oh, hey, these are the really popular plants of the day. You know, this is the latest and greatest. And you're like, uh, I don't, that's not part of my vision. Or you may be like, oh, I didn't know about that. Like we were talking about something recently. I talked with somebody about lemon cucumbers, right? Maybe you didn't even know that lemon cucumbers existed. You're like, that sounds amazing. I'm going to readjust, but we do it with intention and on purpose. And I just cannot say it strongly enough how important it is to take this time to do this visioning, to create it in your mind, to get it down on paper. It's the idea of like when you're you know, building is you measure twice, cut once, right? That we're going to make a lot fewer mistakes and kind of not just be like reacting in the moment uh, to all the the mistakes and the, the things that come up. We're going to be much more planned and intentional. And we really do, as part of this visioning, need to anticipate the obstacles that come up. And I want to tell you a story about me that um, when I was married, I think pretty early on, we had this really old house. It was built in like the 40s and it had this big backyard, but it was shit. It was like barely any grass. It was mostly dirt. It had not been well cared for and just like the oldness of it, right? It actually used to be an orchard, I think. It's so crazy. Like, I mean, it was like in the center of Fort Collins, but you know, that we had looked it up and that area had actually been like um, an orchard that I think of apricots and cherries, which is wild. But in any case, the soil had not been well tended. I got it in my head that I wanted to plant a garden. This was probably like the second or third year of my marriage. And I did what I normally do where I get an idea and then I just would take action. I'm like, I'm going to plant a garden. And I'm like, yeah, we had gardens when I was a kid. I can figure this out. Right. And so I didn't really put, I, I can tell you, I, there was no vision. There was no thought put into it. I do have a vision of one day recording a podcast that does not have Presley re- meowing in the background. <laughs> I know a lot of you, I've heard from some of you that are like, oh, there's Presley. And yes, every time I start recording a podcast, she thinks we're having a conversation. It's only during podcasts or when I'm doing important presentations. So I actually stuck her out on the patio where she's fine. She likes to just hang out. And <laughs> anyway, um, I I hope none of no one's like, oh, I hate that cat in the background. Sorry if you do, but there it is. There she is. Anyway, so I did not go into any forethought with the garden, just started buying stuff. I was like, put, built this box in the dirt, got some soil, did no research, nothing like that. Spent, I remember 
and because we were both teachers at the time, so we did not have a, a lot of money. It was summer. And I spent $150 on soil and plants and the wood to build the box and all the things. I remember that number very clearly because <laughs> it came up a lot later. But I just kind of went away. Right now, of course, I did have a vision of like harvesting these vegetables, but I very, I didn't do any planning. I didn't think about obstacles. I didn't do any research. I didn't think about what, you know, if I really want this, what do I need to do? So by the end of the summer, I mean, you know, it was really hot. It was full sun. I didn't really think about, you know, the planning of this. I'm sure I did not amend the soil. I didn't really think about a pest thing. (laughs) Oh, it was not good. So by the end of the summer, I literally, there's a photo of me of, I had one single pepper. That's it. My $150, it wasn't even like a bell pepper. It was like, I don't know, some, it wasn't a jalapeno, serrano maybe. I don't know. It was some kind of pepper like that, that I was like, the one pepper. This is a very expensive pepper. And I never planted a garden since. So hence, I'm very proud of my balcony urban farming tomatoes because I just was like, well, Gardening's not for me, apparently, this whole garden thing, not for me. And I just didn't do any of the visioning, any of the planning, right? I just kind of fell forward, which is what so many of us do. We're just like, here's the vision. Oh, I'm not going to put any planning and let me just start taking action instead of that step in between where we're reverse engineering. We're beginning with the end in mind. We're thinking through obstacles that might come up and we're planning for those ahead and we're getting ready and then we go take action. And there's a balance there, of course, right? Like some of us just plan and plan and plan and buffer with research and we never actually take action. Go beyond the garden analogy, right? Like in our lives, maybe we really want something and we envision it, but we just stay in the planning and not actually doing the things. And of course, there's going to be obstacles and things that come up that we never could have anticipated. And we're just more prepared for it because we've also solved or thought through a lot of the ones that we could anticipate. So let's expand this out a little bit. I actually have a couple of clients uh, in reinvention coaching who are transitioning um, to becoming empty nesters, like kids are graduated, have graduated, and they're taking like the last kid to college. And of course, there's been a ton of time spent on the research of the school and getting the kid ready. But I highly doubt and certainly, you know, working with these clients and the reason why they came to coaching is because they want to create that vision, the end in mind for themselves, not just their kid, right? Like what is their life going to be like once that happens? Once they drop that kid off at college, who do they want to be? What do they want their life to be? How do they want to show up? And and so we can design that with the end in mind and also anticipate the obstacles that are going to come up this summer and along the way, and when you go and take the kid to college and all of that, right? The transition period 
Um, we like to kind of jump to this perfectionist fantasy where everything's perfect in la la land. And as a coach, I can really help you to see some of the obstacles that you maybe aren't able or willing <laughs> to see. And that's the beauty of coaching. But um, I also want to take one of the biggest events in many people's early lives is getting married. It's so interesting that so much effort is put into the planning of the event itself. But like I said, it's kind of a, oh, we're getting married. We want the wedding. And of course, you have a vision for what you want to some extent. But then you just start the planning of it. And you're kind of that falling forward of like just reacting and um and there's not a lot of intentionality of it, right? There's not taking the reverse engineering it from the vision to the actual planning. And what if we started approaching everything from the big events like a wedding to the everyday events, even like the podcast, recording this podcast, right? I can bring that vision of like the end in mind of what I want you to come away with. And then that helps me in the taking action, the writing notes, the, um, the actual recording of the podcast. And, you know, let's just take that big event because weddings are fraught <laughs> with, with obstacles and challenges. And if we think about taking that vision from the end in mind, you're at the end of the evening, you know, you and your new spouse are, um, you know, falling into bed after all the things. And you're like, oh my gosh, we did it. It's over. You know, it was all the things. And we think about the feelings that we're having, the gratitude and the love and the pride and just like in the awe of it all. Right. And hopefully, you know, you can think about whatever you want, <laughs> but that's how I would want to feel on my at the end of the event. And so you're thinking about all of that and you're feeling the feelings and you're getting really highly visual, very sensual in that you're employing all of your senses, right? You're thinking through that vision. And so you and hopefully your partner, your fiance at the time, will be thinking about this, creating it together, not just you in a vacuum. And then think about, okay, what's important to me? What are my preferences? And what are our values as a couple? And where are my people pleasing? This is pretty huge, right? Now, I'm kind of speaking more to people in this example, especially where you, know, you are paying for your own wedding, you're a little bit older, um, you don't, you know, if you're 18 getting married, it's maybe a little bit different. But I know for me, I was almost 30. And we were really trying, actually, I, I do think we did a good job overall of like creating the end in mind, and then working backwards from that. And it's really important, especially with things like family events, like weddings, graduations, <laughs> holidays, all of those things to think through, where am I people pleasing? Where am I doing the thing that I just want that this one person to be like, appreciate this, right? And to uh, get my validation from other people and their comments, their judgments about it. And so we have to be, this is a tough part. We have to examine this, right? And say, um, do I really want to do it? Is it really important to me? Or do I want to let that go? Because it actually doesn't really align 
with my va- the values and the vision that we're creating. It's tough, I know, but one thing I'm really proud of from my wedding um, is we really, we did really create like, here's the atmosphere um, that we want people to be experiencing, here's the experience we want them to have. And one of the things was like, it was on grass, it was outside, and we were like, I just want people to be comfortable. I don't want people in like heels that are stabbing into the ground or like, I hate it when your feet are uncomfortable, right? I want people to be able to dance and to move and have fun and casual and to well feel like they're walking into a party. And so two things that we did actually, I'm super proud of, we had a bar basically right when you walked in is like, grab a drink. We don't need to wait until after the ceremony. Like this isn't that kind of a wedding. We're just like grab a grab a glass, grab a beer, grab a glass of champagne, whatever. Right? Um, I had actually gone to a wedding, uh, a Swedish friend in Los Angeles, and they did that, and I just was like, oh, I love that. Right? We're at, it's a party before, <laughs> not just like after the ceremony. So we did that, and then our favors were actually flip flops. And I love that so much. I remember scouring dollar stores and things like that. But it's like, take off your shoes and put flip-flops on. And I actually had wedding flip-flops and all of that. So in any case, um, you know, and we thought, I thought, you know, some people are, my grandma's probably not going to love that, either one, really. But that's okay, right? It's our wedding and we want to do it this way. And here's what's really important. And so... We just decided, well, she might not, she might have words. She's going to say something and that's okay. And I'm actually working with a client on this very thing and it is incredible. I just keep thinking like her entire wedding experience is going to be transformed because she's putting in the effort of coaching and making that investment now. Like her entire wedding, the whole experience and the honeymoon, and what comes after, right? Coming back home, and what kind of spouse do I want to be? It's like, oh my gosh, her whole experience is literally transformed, and it's so amazing. I love being a part of this, but we walk through, like, who are three people that you are worried, a little bit concerned about, about their behavior and how that's going to affect your experience or the experience of your guests around you. And just by anticipating those obstacles ahead of time, we're working through them. And I explain the concept of the manual and the all the animals in the zoo, which I talked about on an earlier podcast. And like just those concepts alone are going to change the whole experience. And so we're making plans ahead of time to just anticipate that, of course, this friend is going to do this thing, right, where they're the center of attention or they overdrink or, you know, whatever it is, like we can anticipate that and then make a plan ahead of time, try to solve for it, and also just be ready emotionally of like, okay, there they are. That's what they do. They're, that's what a giraffe does, right? We don't need to change them. We can just like accept it, but we also want to like put them in the right pen, <laughs> right? Put some boundaries around it. So hopefully this exa- these examples kind of helped illustrate this concept, but this is for everything in your life. 
I really want you to think about you are responsible and you are able to respond and to create an, a vision for anything. It could be, you know, an experience with your family, your kids, your spouse. It can be in your business. It can, I mean, this just goes for everything, right? Your relationships with yourself, um, you know, your health, any of it. So this becomes a practice. This becomes a new way of thinking, remembering that we always create everything twice, first in our mind, and then we actually do the work. But most of us walk around act thinking it's all by accident, thinking things are happening to us, and that we're just running around reacting. But I am suggesting here that you have way more power than you think. And if you would like help to create a vision, especially if you're going through a transition of any kind, that coaching, reinvention coaching is for you. So please go to reinventioncoach.co. You can reach out on the contact form there and then I'll get in touch and we'll schedule a powerful coaching call. We'll just explore this a little bit more. We will, you know, really create that vision together and then start anticipating obstacles. I'll give you some coaching tools. Like this is a true coaching session because I want you to feel the power of it. All right, until next time, have an amazing week.